and welcome to You Love to See It, the podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and tell you all about them. I am your host, Danielle, in your father's kingdom, we are all handsome, Riendo, and I am joined to talk about ghosts. What do you want? you is you still think you're real it's all up here now you want to move something you got to move it with your mind <laughs> molly why can't you hear me who is that you can hear me can you hear me sam oh, wheat say my name say it leave me alone say my name. Sam sam wheat. Sam. hello i get a message from sam what sam wheat he asked me to call are you out of your mind? I mean, what are you going to tell the police? She knew things, private things. Molly, you in danger, girl. Oh, God. An incredible 1990 film with my friend, LB Train Psycho Hunk Tears. Get out of my train! <laughs> it's mine! <laughs> Good. Uh, Fernanda Orlando Pratis. Hi, I'm a ghost, and the first thing I tell my wife after dying is something about her hair. Hi. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that is, it's autumn breeze, or autumn sunset, or whatever it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> and also, Merit, right on the genitals, Kay. Yeah, the doctor said it's really contagious. And that, uh, yeah, so and maybe sorry. later I'll I'll kill my best friend and try to steal his wife. I don't know. Accidentally, though, kind of. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> allegedly. I mean, listen, your sins were bad enough to go to hell. So, like, clearly you were a bad, a bad person. Um, so I'll read the description. Ghost is a 1990 American romantic fantasy thriller film directed by Jeremy, uh, excuse me, Jerry Zucker, written by Bruce Joel Rubin and starring Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg, Tony Goldwyn, and Rick Aviles. The plot centers on Sam Wheat Swayze, a murdered banker whose ghost sets out to save his girlfriend from the person who killed him. Oh, and it is quite a movie indeed. As usual, we should go through our history with ghosts. I'm going to go down in the same order here, actually, that we that we have our good nicknames. LB, what is your history with this incredible 1990 masterpiece? So I think I've seen the whole movie probably once before uh, with my mom. Uh, and I was probably around 10. And I have seen the scene where uh, Whoopi Goldberg goes to the bank in the pink suit probably a hundred times. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's it's a it's a great scene and a great outfit and a great performance by Whoopi Goldberg, indeed. Uh, Fernanda, how about you? How many how many ghosts have you seen? Uh, <laughs> well, that's a subject for another podcast, but the um so it Ghost was on Brazilian television a lot. Okay. Uh, curious information. The name in Portuguese isn't just ghost. It's ghost, o outro lado da vida, which means, do you like, I just use Portuguese to like seduce all of our listeners. It means <laughs> you did. I think they all just like, they are got seduced. very excited. Yeah it, yeah. it happens. Don't feel bad. It's an effect I have on people. Um, <laughs> it translates to the other side of life. Oh. <gasps> Yeah. It's very beautiful. It's beautiful, right? And in Spanish, it's the shadow of love, la sombra del amor. Oh uh, my but God. I'd only like seen sort of like fragments of it, like everyone else, like it was on TV. Uh, but then Clay Aiken 
sang Unchained Melody on American Idol. And I feel like I've been spiritually connected to the movie ever since. That's my story with Ghost. <laughs> That's truly beautiful. Okay, Merritt, how about you? What's your history with Ghost? Uh, I think I saw the movie for the first time in the early 90s. So it came out in 90. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I would have been around 10. No, younger than that. Because yeah, like very young, I feel like. I think I saw this movie like with my parents, like not in a theater, but just like they rented it one time or something. And um, there's a lot I didn't understand. I think I saw this movie and I was just like, I don't really know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) All I know is that I'm really scared when uh, the demon devils show up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Very, very. So this is only, this is like the first time that I've actually watched it all the way through as an adult. Mm. I am so curious to hear more about that experience because I like many of the movies we've been watching. I've seen this so many times. Um, I remember actually the night my parents went out on a date to see this movie in 1990 and like they came back. I was at my grandparents' house. They came back and my mom, her eyes are like red and puffy from sobbing in the movie theater. And she comes in and she's like bursting with both excitement and tears and emotion talking about the movie. And she like went to my grandmother and she was like, and I was sitting there and I had the tissues and I looked over and there's another lady on a date and she had her tissues and we nodded to each other and our husbands just looked at each other and I don't know. And it was like a whole ass thing and I saw this movie way too young I was probably it was probably like the year it came out on video so I was probably like seven or eight where my best friend's sister told me about how funny the scene was where at the very end where Willie is being haunted uh, by uh, Patrick Swayze's ghost Sam and throwing objects all over the place and she kept saying it was really funny I didn't understand why it was so funny I was like this is fucked up and then the fucking demon ghosts come and get him and I was like Actually, this is fucked up. Actually, this is upsetting. Oh my God, hell is real. I was eight. It was a lot. Uh, but then I've seen it many, many times since. And I truly love this movie. I mostly love Whoopi Goldberg in this movie, but I love this movie very, very much. It's it's kind of like a, a classic standby. It's kind of got a little bit of everything. It's got yeah. a lot of romance, a lot of drama, a lot of comedy, a lot of sort of mystery ghost detective shit going on. It has Demi Moore in overalls and it has like early 90s uh, New York City, which is also a somewhat problematic element, but also uh, is a trip uh, to some extent as a New Yorker to kind of see um, like, for example, several of the subway stations like I live right near one of them that's in the movie. And it's like, oh, my God, that's that's what it looked like, you know, 35 years ago or whatever. So it was. It's kind of cool to see. Not 35, but I guess get Not to get too cinema sins, but uh, (laughs) they go into (laughs) one subway station and then they're in another one. What's the deal with that? (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. It's it's very, very funny. I was like, wait, they're on the J right now? Wait, 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 what? (laughs) They're going to Prospect Heights. But yes, it was cool. It was cool to see Myrtle. It was cool to see Myrtle Broadway because I was like, I know that intersection. I'm there all the time. Yeah, it's kind of it's just kind of fun to be like, oh, my God, Bushwick, like Bushwick isn't in many 90s movies. So it's like exciting to see it to some extent. It's weird, though. It's weird that most of this movie takes place like in the financial district slash like I don't even know. It's like Prince Street. Um, It's all like downtown because Whoopi makes a point of saying at one point, like, I never go downtown. I hate going downtown. Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, which and, we all do, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because he's a banker. So he works in the financial district. And then like, yeah, their apartment is like, um, what's yeah, that where neighborhood? Where the fuck is their apartment? That's the thing I couldn't figure out. Because like Willie's it's like place, on it's Prince easy. Street. Yeah, it's Soho, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, wow. I don't go so to they're Manhattan like, ever. They are so. truly, they are truly the like downtown, uh, yuppie gentrifiers oh, oh absolutely yeah. i mean first okay so he is a banker so yep. like you know they're pulling in money also it's the early 90s so mm-hmm. i think you could still do that uh <laughs> on a on a banker's salary probably because okay. um, all i could think of is like i hope that they own because after he died i was like she won't be able to afford this she's an artist is it also, they didn't, they didn't get married so they're busting through the walls though yeah that's yeah true. you're right in the beginning right. so i pre- i assumed they own otherwise yeah. they're just like they're not they're definitely not getting that security deposit <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah you're absolutely right yeah so yeah that, that's a one relief in the sad life of the memoir in this movie i know i know she is Molly. i know she i've said this every time and i feel bad because i keep talking about like oh i like the girl in this movie obviously this is different we've got Whoopi here who is really a central character but I also just want to give some props to Demi Moore in this mm-hmm. movie for actually really doing quite an acting uh, relatively early in her yeah. career and like genuinely making it quite believable. Like her mm-hmm. grief is quite believable. She's like mm-hmm. an interesting person. She's an artist. She has some great outfits. She seems like a really cool person who you get to know at least a little bit before the horrible trauma. So it's like, okay, I can hang out with her. She's actually really cool. Uh, you know, she's an interesting artist and has her hot, jock banker boyfriend and like she's living the perfect life just as sam is living the perfect life kind of at the beginning Uh, and there's a really wonderful scene early on just after they moved into their apartment also can i just mention like okay a little bit of thirst i'm sorry but the like shirtless like you know pounding down the walls of this old brown brownstone or whatever it is everybody's just like shirtless and covered in dust it's just like wow, there's six packs on display here. We've got like the whole axe usage or uh, mallet usage, whatever it is. It's it's a lot. It's There's powerful oh. thirst here. Yeah, and uh, Rodrigo, my partner, he, he kept saying like, when because the first that's the first time we see Carl, right? He's shirtless yeah. and yeah. he's hot. And so he's like, that guy's typical like hot villain. He's like, because yep. he didn't remember the plot and we'll get into it. And I I barely, I knew he was villainous, but I didn't really remember yeah. the exact terms of it. And then he's like, he's like a trope. He's like shady hot. And he kept saying it through the entire movie. <laughs> and then after when he was like, you can use that for your love to see it, by the way. And I'm like, like, yeah. like, I will allow you to use the term shady hot uh, on shady your podcast. That's really Tony good. Goblin has a criminal head shape. Any first year student of phrenology can tell you that. <laughs> um, also, his shirtlessness at the beginning of this movie, anticipating his role as Tarzan in yes! the Disney film Tarzan. Oh, Nine years tar- later. Oh, yeah, a role yeah. which he would reprise in Kingdom Hearts. And he's also f- the president in Scandal, isn't he? Uh, he is the president. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. In, uh, in Scandal. It's- and uh, he... Uh, Versatile man. Online order as well. That's right. Versatile. The He's president, Tarzan, uh, villain guy who's hot, shady hot. Uh, <laughs> credit to Rodrigo. He'll 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 be very happy when he listens to this episode. 
I'm so glad we got to get him on, you know, we got to get that, that, that moment there, (laughs) especially with the shady hut. Uh, there's, there's a lot of like really charming early scenes, even after, and, and even just mentioning the beginning is actually this kind of creepy, uh, moment where we're actually like drifting through this like abandoned apartment or this abandoned building uh, before we go to, of course, the, the shady hotness and, you know, renovating it and making it very beautiful. We have this beautiful friendship among the three. There's this, you know, kind of mm-hmm. perfect couple. And then there's shady hot man who, you know, is an asshole because all he ever talks about is money, even though they're both bankers, but it's fine. You know, there's a, he's a good banker because he goes to heaven, so it's fine. He gave that money to the St. Joseph shelter. It's fine. It's fine. He's, he's a good person. Um, there's a really nice moment early on as well where um, Sam is in bed with, uh, with Molly, and they're kind of talking, and he's like, I don't want the bubble to burst. Every time something good happens in my life, I'm worried about losing it. And this scene, for some reason, just hit me harder than I think any other time I've watched this movie. I was like, oh, God, I feel you. I hear you, Sam. Especially, you know, you know what happens to him if you've seen it a few times. But also, like, wow, maybe I'm just getting older. But what a, like, true feeling. Anytime something good is going on in your life, it's like, oh, fuck, when am I going to lose this? What's going to Am I going to be killed by Willie? Like, what's going to happen? You know? That's the good part of living a life like mine. Because it's kind of like... (laughs) Fuck it. What do I have to lose at this point? So it's what I keep saying. Like, don't aspire to things. Don't achieve things. And it's just easier to get by that way. Like, that's right. my motto. Right. You're right. going right. to die. So why try to achieve anything? Yeah, right. right. Like, it's just That's pointless. kind of the moral of this movie, I feel like. <laughs> that's like well, that don't be an asshole because you will go to hell. <laughs> like, yeah. hell like, ghosts will come for you. <laughs> y- yeah. Right? I, I mean, like if I were ghosted, I would be like, hold on a sec. I just found out that the immortal soul survives the death of the body. So I got to go, like, do a bunch of fucking theology shit. Cause, like, yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, you got to do some good deeds. This movie you know, raises gotta- a lot of questions about ghosts. And, yeah, um, it really does. We yeah, don't have to get really into does. them right now, but. Yeah. <sighs> no, but they're, they're very important questions because, of course, um, very early on, there is a ghost incident where Sam and Molly have just gone to uh, Macbeth, actually, like a, a small theater production of Macbeth. We're not on Broadway or anything. And a robbery goes bad and Sam is shot and he becomes a ghost. And we have a scene here, which I just want to note, this warms my heart every time I see this in any movie, but also something set in New York where... There is, of course, a moment of turmoil, but also a couple of New Yorkers like sprint <laughs> over to help and they're doing CPR. They're doing better CPR than the doctors in the hospital scene. But anyway, I just want to like point. That oh, good. Out. I was, that was in my notes. I'm like, make sure to ask Danielle about the <laughs> yeah. like the CPR, the CPR and the medical response. Okay. They do much better. The two guys on the street do a better job than the people who are the doctors. If you were bagging a patient that fast, their lungs would explode and it would be a mess and it would not be good. They might oh. not actually explode, but like. It's it's three to five seconds, friends. You do a breath. Like, you don't need to... It's fine. Whatever. I just recertified CPR, like, four days ago, so this is all Do Bee Gees, right, right? What's up? Bee Gees. Staying yeah. alive. Staying alive. You just... It's 100 compressions per minute. It's actually 100 to 120 now, but they say... Or another one bites the dust, but that's uh, less uplifting. Yeah. You, you don't want to <laughs> sing... You don't want to sing that one, like, in front yeah. of a victim's So, wait. Family. Is that what you do? If I'm doing CPR, I want to do it to staying alive? I want to do... Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, 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 okay. 
Yeah, you want to, it's like, it's 100 beats per minute. Like, that's oh, wow. the idea. So this you're podcast doing, like, is just knowledge, guys. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. Yeah, we should call this podcast Thanks for the Knowledge. Oh, exactly. You love like, to see the knowledge, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. We're like perfect. I'm just saying, like, we might <laughs> be the voices of our generation and we save lives. Uh, not exactly. to overstate our role in the culture, but just saying, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, you know, for the records, 100 beats per minute, you do 30 to two. You do mm-hmm. uh, 30 compressions, two breaths, 30 compressions, two breaths, 30 compressions, two breaths. And those guys were like, they were just making it look better. The hospital guys, they fucked up. That was bad. It looked terrible. But I'm just, you know, I'm throwing that out there. Um, and of course, Sam learns that he's a ghost uh, by a nice gentleman who is a hospital ghost. I think he is credited as hospital ghost here, who kind of starts talking to him like, oh, buddy, poor, you know, poor bastard. And he's like, all right, doors aren't so bad. And he's kind of giving him a few tips. And of course, Sam is is very lost now. He's very upset. Uh, he kind of follows around Molly, who is mourning, and she is very upset. And we get to, I'm going through this very, very quickly, but like, can just I just, basic can I, uh, just mention something it. about the, the hospital ghost? First of all, I just have a question about when he's like, oh, doors aren't so bad. And then later on, he has trouble going through a door. How is he getting around before that? Because he is moving from place to place. Yeah. Um, but then and he's, he's just, waiting for people to open doors. And then he's just sudden. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. Might yeah, be. that's true. That's Duh, inconvenient. Yeah. Um, but he was also, also sitting on a chair while talking about yep. that. Well, he can sit on things. He just can't go through things. But But that's his feet also have. It is strange, but his feet let him have gravity. Well, why doesn't he just sink through the floor? Uh, Well, I mean, it's it's the it's what's it's what train ghost says. Yeah, he's like used. Yeah, he's just like you. You dipshit. You just think you still have a body, and you don't. You're acting like you have a body, and so that's why like he could be doing whatever he wants. He could be doing backflips and floaty floats, but he isn't because he's used to. Right. It's like the Matrix, you know. Uh. So Phil Leeds is the guy who plays Hospital Ghost. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, his picture on his Wikipedia article is him as Hospital Ghost. Uh, <laughs> he was a character actor. He was in a ton of stuff. He was New York born and raised in the Bronx. He was a oh, peanut nice. vendor uh, near Yankee Stadium. He uh, fought in World War II. And then oh, he was wow. blacklisted after pleading the fifth. During the McCarthy era. Oh my God! <gasps> what an amazing. icon! Yeah, he's yeah. the naked lady of this podcast. We love him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. What he was on Elf too. So. Oh my God! What an icon! Thank the legend you. Legend grows. Yeah. Yeah. Truly good. Like I want to make a heroes. Like one of these is we should just have like a list of heroes that are like supporting players yeah. who are awesome people. His um, roles include man. Old man, <laughs> landlord, <laughs> waiter, El- Mr. Elderly Couple. Oh, Mr. Elderly Couple. That sounds adorable. It's my favorite beauty pageant. <laughs> it's very specific. I love this. Uh, I also, I genuinely love that he's like waiting for his wife, that he wants to like cross over with his wife. He's like, oh, she's yeah, fighting. Really you know, cute. she's in the cardiac ward. I'm hanging out. Like he's like, the nice old guy who's trying to like help people out a little bit. I don't know. I I have an affinity for these kinds of characters in my life. I just like nice people who help out. I can't help it. It's what I love. I'm, I'm drawn beautiful. to them. You know, it is. It really is beautiful. I speaking, like Carl because yeah. he's hot. So it's like people are just built differently, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. Like <laughs> we're all attracted to certain qualities. <laughs> so, you know, it's just how it is. Like... I am going to ghost hell, like, obviously. 
uh, which is fine, yeah. which is fine because I get to hang out with Carl. So, but not to spoil the end uh, for our listeners. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. I mean, it's fair. It's also fair. There's a lot of wonderful things about people. People are complex creatures, even as ghosts. You know, they're complex. They've got a lot of emotions. And of course, Sam has a lot of emotions and he witnesses the guy who killed him breaking in to Molly's apartment. And he is able to scare the cat into jumping on Willie and scratching his face in Animals the most like ghosts, yeah. cartoonish like cat scratch oh. on his cheek. <laughs> he has like, like a fucking a real... wolverine slash on his face yeah. Like, yeah. um yeah so uh rick avilas is plays yes. uh willie lopez who mm-hmm. i have to say is yeah. kind of a, a low point of this movie just because yeah. he's like his character is like puerto rican puerto goon. Rican, yeah like it's the south park thing just it's like, like just very like like thuggish yeah. puerto rican goon and like he actually, um, he was a stand-up comedian um, sure, yeah. and an actor, and he was in uh, Carlito's Way and oh, nice. uh, briefly in Waterworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my God. And um, the best movie. Yes. in uh, Mystery Train <laughs> by Jim Jarmusch. So he was in a bunch of stuff yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Uh, he sadly passed away from complications of AIDS, having developed oh, no. HIV through heroin use uh, in 1995. That's upsetting. It was the first, he looked very familiar when when he first appeared. But the thing is like, when we were watching the movie, I was watching with Rodrigo, obviously, who is Mexican. And we're watching it and the bad guy appears and and I'm like, he looks familiar. (laughs) And Rodrigo is quiet. I'm like, he looks Latino. Because we had just seen Uh. a shadow and Rodrigo was like, I didn't want to acknowledge it, but yes. Do I have to hate this movie? And I'm like, oh, let's see how it goes. It's the 90s. Yeah. It's the worst part of this for sure. And like also just just a little bit of the kind of bullshit view of like, oh, you know, Brooklyn versus Manhattan kind of thing. And like, oh, the white people live here and the mm-hmm. people of color live here. Like there is some like gross early 90s Hollywoodification of New York here that is just yucky in general. And that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Willie Lopez is, is the way he's written is probably the worst part of that. So that's that's an ugly thing about this. It does movie, get a cool sure. car though, so you know, at least some <laughs> justice does. for Willie, <laughs> even though he dies tragically and uh goes to hell yeah. and doesn't realize he's dead until he's told by Patrick Swayze. So there's that. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. I do love the scar. It is one of the most cartoonish things. And the special effects in this movie, it must be said, are actually mostly great. Like there are some amazing shots in this movie that are like, you know, especially early on when Sam is figuring out how things work, where he'll go through a body by accident and he'll like see through people's blood vessels and he'll go through a door and see like the molecular structure. It's like, that's fucking awesome. There's some really nice visual effects uh, in this movie. And of course the ghosts at the, the demon ghosts, the hell ghosts, whatever you want to call them kind of uh, towards the end. Those are also really cool effects. Terrifying. Uh, effective, but really, really cool effects uh, in, in a lot of ways. So genuinely a very cool looking movie. Uh, but with that, that cat scar is a lot. That cat scar is a lot. Uh, it's it's also very funny. However, this does prompt Sam to seek out a psychic. And this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie is sort of the introduction to Oda Mae Brown. I feel like I'm probably talking too much here. Does anybody want to talk about this scene and like introduce how we... How we meet Oda Mae Brown, sure. the 
the psychic. Please, LB, go for it. I mean, first of all, Otome Brown is like the definitive movie psychic, right? Like, yes. in cinema history, of all the psychics in all the movies, she is the one. Yes. Uh, but I mean, speaking of like the weird uh, racial gaze uh-huh. of this movie, I do like... He does walk out of uh, Willie's apartment and to immediately be confronted with very loud, like, gospel soul music that, yep. do, that like, is at first, I believe, completely non-diegetic. And then, so it's just like the soundtrack of the movie becomes this. <laughs> it's like, okay, here's what's going to happen now, which is kind of heavy handed. Yeah, um, yeah. But then it's like, oh, it's just the song that's playing at this psychic parlor. And it's... Otome Brown played by Whoopi Goldberg and her two sisters. Her, her, so her two sisters are kind of doing this very theatrical um, entrance for her as this like elderly woman waits for a medium to come and talk to her. And Whoopi Goldberg emerges like is this kind of magic trick <laughs> where first they like they open a closet and there's no one in there and they close it and then they open it and she's there and she's in this like gold lame gown with huge hair. And it's like, okay, Patrick Stewart, or Patrick Stewart, sorry. Uh, Rod yeah, Ryan. Someone has been watching. I would watch. Oh my God, I would yeah. watch that. Yeah. <laughs> there's, someone is watching TNG in the next room. Um, yeah. <laughs> Patrick Swayze's great. Demi Moore is lovely in this movie. But like, where, who is the actual star of this movie? Like, oh, it's Whoopi. It's Whoopi Goldberg. Absolutely, yeah. This was like the era of movies where Whoopi Goldberg could show up in a movie for five minutes and still be the star of that movie. Yes. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg was on TNG and not in most of the episodes, and still kind of the star of the show. Uh, <laughs> like, honestly, yes. Like, just a massive, like, okay. like, just kind of undeniable presence. But so, like, yeah, like, looking back, absolutely. I'm mm-hmm. curious, like, at the time, I don't know that people had such an estimation of her at that point. She won an Oscar for this, so. Oh, for the, yeah, yeah. for Ghost. Yeah. Like, I'm saying, so, like, going, yeah. going into Ghost, like, mm. I think people right, didn't really right. know where to place her because she was doing like a bunch of different things. She was um, in the color purple in 85. That was like her breakthrough role. Um, and then it's she was like comedian, doing some more yeah. comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of like unclear. I think ghost is like one of the seminal moments in, in her career because like two years later she does sister act mm-hmm. and gets um, a golden globe nom for that. Also, it's really funny that there's a line in ghost where she says, I'm not giving that money to a yep. bunch of nuns. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait, when did Sister Act come out? And it's like, oh, it didn't come out till later. So that's not a joke about that movie. It was like two years later. Yeah. Yeah, She was investing in her future and didn't even know it. And uh, by the time of Sister Act 2, which came out in 93, uh, she was the highest paid actress in Hollywood. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. What a glow up for her. But apparently, Patrick uh, Swayze had to sort of fight for her to be in the movie. Like, I was watching some interviews and. They didn't, uh, she wasn't even like, she found out that they were casting because a friend of hers uh, uh, was casting. And the friend said that, you know, like, uh, black women are coming out of the grave to audition for this. Like, why haven't you come? And she was like, I, I haven't heard about it. And her she heard from her agent that they just didn't specifically want her because apparently she was too famous already. Like, they thought yeah. that she was going to take people from the movie. And then... Patrick, who also fought for the role, by the way. Um, oh, wow. 
he said that he would only be in, like he would have to hear from Mupi that she didn't want the role. Um, Otherwise, he wasn't going to be in. I mean, that's I saw two, a Hell couple yeah. of interviews, really cool, in, uh, in which she she talked about it. And Patrick uh, Swayze said that he was like he had in his mind that Whoopi was perfect for for the role. Um, and there was an interview, a recent interview from her, and then one from sort of the time. And I thought that was really cool, like because he also um, apparently he read the script and was in love with it, but they didn't really want him. And the director, after seeing him in Roadhouse said that like told the the screenwriter over my dead body that he's wow. gonna play yeah it's really it's it's wow. interesting i spent the the morning watching a lot of uh patrick swayze interviews which was great but also terribly sad um yeah. oh i'm sure yeah i mean, what, I mean is, what an icon that he would be like no <laughs> she's in this and also that he yeah. fought for it and also that like I mean, you have to wonder that idea of like, oh, she's too famous. She'll distract is really like, oh, she'll ask for more money. Like that's that's what I hear from my cynical brain. Like it could be. But I also thought because I didn't to me, that was her sort of mainstream breakout in a way. But I didn't know. Yeah. But that's kind of what what she said in the interview. This was kind of a little bit too big for it. Yeah, yeah, I think this is like shows a generational thing because mm-hmm. I also like don't really think about 80s Whoopi Goldberg a mm-hmm. lot except for Color right. Purple. But like, right. no, she was already like. She was, no, she that's true. She was she in was, a bunch like, of stuff before then. She did like. She'd already won like a Grammy for best. Like she 85 and 86 were like yeah. Grammy for best comedy performance uh, mm-hmm. and then an Oscar nomination for best actress, which is like. She th- was, those are. Yeah, pretty, like, she was like watching, she was watching comic relief with like Robin Williams yeah. and Billy Crystal yeah. and just like, yeah, she was she was already huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, because, uh, yeah, I also definitely think of like Sister Act 90s, like Kids Choice Awards with sure, people because sure, sure. I'm, right, I'm an right, 80 right. Um But yeah, like she was already like one of the most famous people, period. So I get why they're I Yeah, I'm, but I'm so glad it's her because this is like. Oh, yeah. The, and she's so good and so warm and like <laughs> brings, I can't imagine anyone else doing this role. Um, yeah. Actually, I can't imagine it. And I'm like kind of cringe at it because <laughs> like it, there's yeah. like, we talked about some of the stuff with Willie and like the weird like ways they talk about race that sometimes, I think it sometimes work and sometimes doesn't, mm-hmm. but when it does work, it's a, a lot of it has to do with like the level of nuance she brings to this performance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's about, she's doing her whole spiel. It's super theatrical. It's super funny. And again, she, because she's like she's brings this warmth to it. Where the, yeah, she's a Connors, but you love her because she's Whoopi Goldberg, and she's you can't, or at least I can't not love her. Um, Hell yeah! <laughs> but he's and he and Patrick Swayze, Sam is in there and kind of rolling his eyes like, "What a crock of shit! You're just you're just milking this woman <laughs> for all the money." And uh, Oda May Brown is like he, like reacting like what. Like looking under who the table, that? like yeah. who said that? Like who is talking? <laughs> and it turns out that uh, she comes from a long line, like a line of mediums. Her mom had been able to speak to spirits. Her grandmother had, and she never had. Um, she was just kind of doing a con. And but this fucking guy is the first. This banking, this white banker guy is the first ghost she can ever talk to, and he's hassling the hell out of her. And she flips out and runs away. Um, and he just kind of like stays on her, yeah. right? He convinces her to call Molly, 
which does not go great. As you can imagine, like a grieving, you know, grieving person who just lost their partner. Somebody's like, hey, I'm a, I'm a spiritual advisor. <laughs> Sam is with me and says you're in danger. <laughs> like, that's not like he didn't think that one out at all. Like, at, no. at this point. <laughs> Well, also the fact that he's just like, nope, this is the one, This the first person who can hear me is, like, he imprints on her like a duck. Yeah, it's true. He does. He really does. Yeah. Um, and then he sings Henry Eighth, I Am, which, like. Okay. <laughs> yes. Do ghosts need to sleep? I don't think so. I don't I think mean, so. Because they don't have bodies, right? So what are they, I don't know, refreshing or replenishing? Because I was trying to figure out in that scene, like, if he looked tired or not. And I couldn't really tell. He's just, like, <laughs> he's just singing this weird song. Right. He's probably tired of singing Herman's Hermits. Right. Because that's, oh, that's spiritual true, yeah. tiredness. That's not yeah, physical tiredness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really psychic true. damage that he's taking from this stupid song. Honestly, the idea of, like, singing his violence is something that resonates with me so much. As someone who'd, like truly hates it when people sing if it's not in like the venue for singing i don't know if this makes me really weird and it's not like i don't sing songs to my animals because of course i do but like somebody who just won't fucking shut up and they're singing constantly like i i i too would agree to do basically anything (laughs) it's how they 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 do it to torture people like i mean and to like drive people out of embassies that they've taken hostages in and stuff like it's a It's a real, it's, a it's real a legitimate, like actual torture tactic. Yeah. So I don't blame you. Yeah, it's real. It's real. That is actual violence. That is, it's obviously played for humor here. Like, obviously, but it, it is like, yeah, I get it. I get it completely. Eventually they kind of uh, create an uneasy partnership and she seeks out Molly and does gain uh, Molly's trust a little bit. Uh, especially with the secrets thing, which is like a plot point in a lot of movies and TV shows about like, oh, someone is either a ghost or possessed by another body or is trying to like, you know, convince somebody it's really you. You tell secrets, you tell them things only they would know. That kind of works. Uh, and all the while, we are getting a little bit of information uh, until we finally get an incredible reveal. Does anybody want to talk about that part of the movie? About Carl, because we're getting these like little scenes with Carl that he owes. Oh, money. the reveal oh. that he's the that the it villain. wasn't it wasn't just a mugging gone wrong. Yeah, that he had hired Willie to basically. So they're bankers together. Uh, Sam like is I think a more successful banker than he has the corner office. Carl because he has an yeah. office and it's like yeah. a nice office. And Carl doesn't even have an office. He has a desk in the middle of the floor. Um, but like. Sam keeps all his little passwords and codes in a tiny little notebook in his little pocket of his suit. And uh, Carl needs one of them to do bank crimes. So he hires this guy to like mug Sam, steal his wallet, but also his little notebook. So then he can get in there and do his bank crimes. But then, uh, so I guess, so in that sense, it is a mugging gone wrong, but it's a planned embezzlement mugging gone wrong. Yeah, there's um, a lot of crimes going on here. Yeah. yeah. It hides but then it's Carl, and- his best bro. Yeah. But when they have that conversation like- involving the Mac code, like knowing what happens, it's all like, it's like the sixth sense. Like you see it again, yeah. you can kind of see the clues there. Yeah. I think that this is kind of the case here. 
Yeah. There's the breadcrumbs. You can follow them, you know. <laughs> They're there for sure. Yeah, and then we find out it's been Carl all along. He's evil, he's bad, he's wrong, he's in the wrong. And of course, this means uh, that we need to do some bank shenanigans and Molly trust shenanigans because Molly does go to the cops. Uh, of course, they laugh her off. They're jerks. They're cops. They're assholes. Okay, but uh, they don't but the cops. Her. Can we just can we talk Please, about the let's cops? Talk about because those cops. Uh, yeah. Stephen Root plays yep. the police sergeant. Yes, that's right. <laughs> He's here. He's almost unrecognizable too. He do- well, here. he doesn't have his trademark facial hair. That's what or it glasses. Is. He looks. That's yeah, it it's a young, yeah. well, youngish uh, right. Stephen Root. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, pre Office Space, pre King of the Hill. Um, even and pre, he's the pre more sympathetic. TNG, uh, pre his TNG oh God, exper- yeah. uh, appearance too. So, yeah. wow, yeah, that is that is so much. I I like semi recognized him. I was like, I don't know. I was just so mad about how dismissive he was. He was the more sympathetic cop who then gives her the file on Oda Mae Brown. Who, yeah, right. She's done some crimes, you know, some minor crimes. She hasn't killed anybody. It's just like. She faked some fucking passports. Who cares? You know, it's fine. She was a con. She is a con. And it's okay. Because she's a con who can actually talk to ghosts now. So, like, <laughs> it's all right. You know, we've all made mistakes. It's all right. She's the best part of the movie. Let's bring her back in. So, <laughs> who among we us do bring her back in. swindled people out of money by pretending to talk to their loved ones? I mean. Yeah. That is, is kind of shitty. Although, we do see that she's doing the real thing afterwards because mm-hmm. he opened a door or something to the other plane and now she is actually the hottest psychic in town because she is legitimately uh connecting people with their loved ones this is where we get orlando of course uh fernanda do you want to talk a little bit about this because i know you you chose your nickname this was based <laughs> on on orlando so we come back to this scene now that uh sam you know knows what's up and he needs her help again and she's running this booming business now full of ghosts she is surrounded by so ghosts. many ghosts yeah. So many ghosts. She's like the um, Jennifer Love Hewitt in that show, Ghost Whisper, <laughs> which I may or may not have watched religiously. Uh, at an when you said Jennifer Love Hewitt, I was like, I don't I, know. I watched so much Ghost Whisper. Oh, I like, about it. Every episode, I feel like there's just another. Yeah. Wow. No, no one I've ever talked to has ever watched Ghost Whisper. I watched. I binge watched like that entire show. Thank you. Sorry. I feel less alone. I There's a lot pain. there. <laughs> I feel like people it. dismiss it. There's a lot there. Okay. Sorry. So she was like channeling Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, or maybe the opposite considering Ghost Whisper came out like 30 years later, but I digress. <laughs> and she's surrounded by ghosts and she has a few clients and she's trying to, you can see now that she doesn't really know how to handle this situation. And, and you can imagine, she just found out she actually has the gift. By talking to this one ghost and suddenly she can talk to all the ghosts. That must be terrible. Can you imagine? That's a lot. Yeah. Can you ma- They're I all can just yelling at you to- constantly. Yeah. And they all want something from you, right? They're not just like, oh, I'm lonely. Keep me company. It's like, oh, I want you to like talk to my family members so I can cross over or whatever. That's demanding. That's a yeah. that's a demanding. Like I, I can barely keep up with the real people. Let alone well, ghosts. She's getting paid for it, so. True. I hope she raised her her. I hope she right. raised her rates. Raised her rates like, hey, just so you know, I I was lying before. Like it's like when um, was it Domino's that was like, okay, listen, we know our pizza was shitty before, but it's yes. good now. It's good now. And she's like, listen, I was making it up before, but I actually can do it now. So like, I am gonna have to increase my rates because it's not just 
a performance anymore. Uh, I'm literally channeling the yeah. immortal spirits of your loved ones. <laughs> I will channel your husband so he can insult your new hairdo. Like I will yes! do that and I'll charge you money for it. Like fuck Orlando. Like I picked Orlando, but like fuck Orlando. He's very entitled. And then he just invades yeah. Whoopi Goldberg's body. Not okay. Not, Not okay. okay. Consent. Terrible. He just invades her body. It's just the whole scene. Yeah, I felt very bad for her. I felt like. Okay, she was kind of low-key criminal. Well, high-key, she actually committed crimes. That's the very definition <laughs> of a criminal. But uh, <laughs> but still, I felt bad. And also another observation about the Odame storyline that disturbed me was that when, um, when Patrick Swayze is in uh, Hot Carl's uh, apartment. No, no, she's in <laughs> Willie's apartment, sorry. And... Hot Carl is there and Hot Carl says that he's gonna uh, murder Oda May. Like he orders Willie to murder Oda May. The first thing that Sam, aka Patrick, should have done is go over to Oda May and let her know that she was about to be murdered. But he does right. not. He does several other activities before that, which again, I, I feel like their relationship really blossoms at the end and you can see like that they really start caring about each other, all three of them. Yeah. However, I do feel like he was really using her at first and not being very appreciative. And he was very yeah. rude to her. So Yeah. I agree. I agree completely. He he should he should have more respect for the one person who can help him. Mm-hmm. And also like a really cool person who's the funniest and best person ever. So like have some have some respect, dude. You know, but, like have but also he respect. didn't tell his own partner that he loved her. So he clearly has some issues in dealing yeah. with his communication other problems. Yes. <laughs> I I I'm so love for you, Danielle, that you think he's a good guy and like a well, good I'm banker. Well, I'm saying the movie thinks he's a good guy. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, because I didn't it's actually the movie, lie. Not me. I mean, okay, good. I'm glad we cleared that up because yeah, he kind of sucks. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yep. This movie is like Patrick Swayze at his least likable. Yeah, and, like, and yeah. magnetic yeah. and interesting. He doesn't have a, an interesting or cool haircut. Um, yep. He doesn't really radiate warmth. Or anything like he, he doesn't have the the seductive power of uh dirty dancing or like the the mystery of roadhouse like he's just yeah also one outfit basically the whole movie because he's dead and like <laughs> yeah. he's not wearing clothes he's point. just at least he died with his hair clean he though. died with his hair clean yeah. and if you die are you stuck wearing whatever clothes you were wearing <gasps> so oh, i think dangerous i think only if you're like if your mind is limited Oh, okay. right. Because, like, remember, like, Train Ghost? So, Vincent Chiavelli wants to be wearing, well, I guess he is wearing, like, an immaculate turtleneck. And, okay, yeah, and he looks fucking coat. cool as hell. He does look yeah, very yeah. cool. That's true. Yeah. So, and he's like, you think you're wearing those clothes? That's, like, in my favorite scene. You think that's a yeah. uh, steak you're eating? <laughs> exactly. It's the Matrix. <laughs> you're in the Matrix yeah. now. The Ghost Matrix. Hey, Vincent Chiavelli's here. He's so good. And he's he's, tra- so he's train good. ghost who he's has no terrifying. purpose in this movie except to yell and teach Patrick Swayze. I could have sworn that he had a bigger role in this movie. But okay, because he, he actually like does have minutes. a bigger role. He does yeah. not do anything after he teaches Patrick Swayze how to do ghost tricks. Um, mm, yeah. He just uh, freaks out and jumps back on the train and is like, leave me alone. He's he's supposed to be like the stuck spirit, right? Of like he's been there forever and he's never going to get his, you know, his redemption yeah. or his his arc or whatever because it's unclear. I mean, all right, content warning right here. Content warning, just FYI. It is unclear whether or not he jumped 
Mm-hmm. And he like, you know, he feel he has a bunch of lines about like, I was pushed, I was pushed, I was pushed. And that's also a little bit unclear because it's not like I was pushed by this person. It's more like I was pushed. Does that mean like pushed by society? Like pushed by. So there is like this little bit. I mean, OK, I'll just say this. There is a lot of like Christian conception of reality going on here and both reality and mortality, because there is very clearly like a good ending and a bad ending. There's a binary here of like how a life can go. You can go to heaven with the happy spirits Mm -hmm. or you can go to hell with the evil spirits that make horrifying noises and have like a really cool visual design. It is unclear exactly what the moral calculus is of whether you go to heaven or hell. It's got to be some kind of judgment that happens in that moment because that's the Christian conception is there's a judgment. You go to heaven or hell or purgatory, but that doesn't appear to be in play here. And there is this idea, like, it, I guess, in also in Christian mythology of, like, you know, if you do uh, die by suicide, there is an element there. There is there is something extra there. I don't know the don't whole you thing. Just, don't it's you been just a go to time. hell? I think you just go to hell. It, there might be, like, a purgatory element. I forget the whole thing about it. But it what almost if hell feels is like just being stuck on a train? Yeah. <laughs> Subway car. See, that right. seems like what I would do if I was a ghost right? in New York just and I didn't out, know anybody. Yeah, just hang out on the train. He's I reading go to museums. I hit the he's museums. The I hit the park. Yeah, he's reading the paper. He's keeping up to date with current events. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if you want to, like, I don't know. I I definitely want to hang out on the trains. So like, if I miss people. Right. And like, you're, you're not supposed to like, look at people on the train if you're alive. But if you're dead, you can totally do that. And you can watch Ooh, everybody cry. Yeah. You can look at everyone. <laughs> you could just you really know? stare now, at Now, every time I cry on the train, I'm going to feel watched. That's the it might be sympathetic, by sympathetic ghosts. Though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The ghost who cares. Yeah. The, what you were saying, Danielle, it's very interesting, the, the sort of measure of where, what makes you go where, because like at the end, obviously, uh, Sam goes to heaven, but I, I, it seems, I don't know, who knows, they never shot the sequel, uh, but <laughs> he killed two people before doing that. I was just saying say throughout the film, like maybe you should have taken yeah. that first offer because he was directly responsible for both Willie and Hot Carl died. So yeah, but they true. killed him. But they were but evil. still, but he, mur- it's he murdered. But you can kill somebody if they kill you. And I, okay. no, if they kill you, it's like double jeopardy. I mean, like I don't know how I don't know how like Christian morality works, <laughs> yeah, but jeopardy. like I, to me, it's very silly okay. to not be able to kill like, the person. Double jeopardy is in the Bible. Yeah, like Ashley Judd right was just like a biblical character. Um, yeah, <laughs> and that's what happens like, in that movie too. She dies and then kills her husband from beyond the grave. Yeah, you're right. Silly exactly. me of to to have so, <laughs> my thing. My thing with this movie when I was ten. Speak if yes, we're since yes. we're talking about Train Ghost, my king. Um, my tra- my thing with this movie now, but also like okay. So when I watched this when I was ten with my mom, and it was maybe on TV. Um, maybe not. I don't know. But I it was like I was old enough to actually like remember what I came away from the movie with at the time, which is very rare. Um. And I remember saying to my mom, like, why is this movie not about the interesting characters? <laughs> and, like, I loved the train ghost. I love Odame Brown. I love hospital ghost. Like, I thought all this stuff about, like, psychic New York and the, like, different interesting ghosts of the city was just, like, so compelling. And I'm like, I can't believe I have to watch this movie about the two least interesting characters in the story. <laughs> uh, like, even Carl is more interesting to me than... Uh, then yeah, Molly what's and his Sam. deal? Why is he laundering money for drug dealers? Uh, yeah, and, right. Like, he's he's embezzling. 
Yeah, and he's laundering money with the bank. And is he, it's it's actually like a really small amount of money if you could think about like mm-hmm. what an, a Manhattan banker is making. Right. In, so I looked this up. Um, for considering inflation, he his take from this scam is $160,000. Right, yeah. He which says is like 80 a lot grand of, of Which is, is a lot mine. of money. For a normal person. Yeah. yeah. But not for a, a whole banker. lot of money. But not for a, that's like, a Manhattan banker. That's like his salary, right? Like that's a year. Yeah. But it's also like, I think it's more like, it's fairly unclear actually. I was really confused at first because um, I was not paying the most attention that I probably could. Um, <laughs> but I was like, wait, why did he do this? Like it's, it's not, it's never it's not clear. Because it's like, it's wait, implied. was he trying to kill him at first? Like, no, it wasn't. It was an accident. But then it's like, oh, he's laundering money for drug dealers he's basically does he like owe money to drug dealers or something it's like, him and the bank and, and like his higher-ups at the bank i think and they're also they're working with drug dealers right because to embezzle and launder money because patrick like, swayze finds these like mystery accounts or something like, yeah it's very strange because like and then he's like oh i just accidentally killed my friend so now i'm gonna try to sleep with this girl like what was it an right. accident? Because that's well, the whole I mean, thing that too. vibe is there in the first scene. Yeah, he, right. he yeah, comes. That they've got the, they're all shirtless the together. They've got this weird thruple energy. Also, they're like, yeah. can I just say, like, what a completely deranged move it is to be like, whoops, I spilled coffee all oh over my myself. God. Better Thank take you. my shirt off. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> really oh, do you want a new shirt? No, <laughs> I don't. I'm just going to sit here shirtless. <laughs> For a while, Listen, just I've done take this, this in. Times. Just look at it's it. Worked Do you want me to Drink wash it? it? No, 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 no. Just let the no. coffee stain dry right just in. Let it dry. Uh, into it. No, uh, dry soon. Yeah, just flexing, just casually, just uh, uh, just working. He's those naked manning her. I don't know if any of you ever saw. Oh um, yeah, how I met your mother. No, no. Yeah. I've seen some of it here I, and there. Uh, I'm sorry for the fact that I have seen it, but like, uh, yeah. So there's a move <laughs> called the naked man and. He was almost doing it, but I'm just so glad that you addressed it because I was in my mind. I'm just like, this is how, it, who does this? And what did he think? Like Isn't him standing up there nude? shirtless was going to like showing up nude to someone <laughs> like sexual harassment. Is that, I don't yeah. think that's a move. That's just like, yeah, right. right. Um, yeah, I mean, at least yeah. he kept his pants on, but it was so weird. It's so sociopathic. Like I'm. Tony Goldman really selling the creep vibes here though. <laughs> like good oh, yeah. on him. Just like really oh, doing yeah. it, really putting the work in. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, of, of course you've seen this movie a few times. I've, I've watched that scene and I just want to hit him because of course. Okay. But, you know. but speaking yeah. of having seen this movie a bunch of times and there being a really specific scene, I got to oh, the end. Yeah. <laughs> I got to the end of ghosts. Because we all know what happens. He, yeah, he, he, uh, the guy, the bad man tries to kill them. And then he ends up killing himself by dropping glass on himself. Because, of course, he can't be killed by the good guy. Just like no one can be killed by Patrick Swayze. They have to just sort of die. Um, yeah. I got to the end of this movie and I was like, wait, when's the scene where he does pottery with her while he's a ghost? Yeah, it does not happen at all in this movie and i was trying to figure out like why did i think that happened because there's a scene that happens early on when he's still alive when they do it um and then when he takes over or possesses the body of Whoopi goldberg they just slow dance also i thought it was kind of a cop out that they switched to showing you patrick swayze um yeah i agree so this is also the most important thing that i remember from watching this movie 
scene? No, the show, switching to showing you Patrick Swayze. Okay. Wait, did I misunderstand what you were saying, Mary? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, my point was like that the, those are the two interactions. Like there's the ghost interaction, yeah. slow dancing. And then there's like mm-hmm. the pottery thing at the beginning, but there's no scene where he is a ghost and she like feels his ghostly presence helping her with mm-hmm. pottery. And I think I know the reason why it's because it's the cover. An, well, right? it's the cover, but also there's a really early season episode of uh, family guy where <laughs> Peter is like, Oh yeah, I used to work as a ghostbuster and it cuts away to like basically that scene. And, but Peter busts in and vacuums up the ghost that's helping her and right. he's like, that'll be $20. Um, which like, I'm pretty sure that's why I think this happens. Also, okay, I think it's, that's wonderful. That's become, I think it's just also, that's become the most iconic scene of the movie and it's been parodied yeah. so mm-hmm. much that like, you just think, oh, yeah. ghost pottery. Of course he's a ghost doing pottery. Like, no, it doesn't happen. But LB, you wanted to talk about the, the whoopee scene? The dancing? So, okay. So he, the, there is a part when like Molly's like, oh no, Oda Mae Brown, you're right. You are talking to my boyfriend who's dead. Oh, if only we could touch each other one more time. And Oda Mae Brown's like, fine, you can possess me, Sam. I will allow it. She gives consent. Yeah, Yeah. importantly. And like, there's a shot of Whoopi Goldberg and Demi Moore like touching hands. Yes. And then it switches to uh, Patrick Swayze, then they slow dance. I think it was just 1990, but yeah. Right. But the thing I remember, like, honestly, more than the pottery scene, more than anything else, what I remember about this movie is watching it with my mom and her telling me that they didn't let Whoopi Goldberg and Demi Moore kiss because they are cowards. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, I don't even know if that was ever in consideration. Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore don't kiss in this scene. They just slow yeah. dance. Yeah. Uh, they kiss when he's like a ghost ghost and she can see him as a ghost and he goes to heaven. But like more than anything else, this is what stuck with me. And it represents wow. this like really important lesson that I learned, which is that there is a they who makes yeah. decisions yep. about things in movies and what happens gets happens gets to happen in movies. And th- that they are cowards. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> like this is all Stephanie. This is like watching. I think our moms are very similar, Danielle, in that yes. my mom talks the whole way through movies um, <laughs> and commentates. And so it's like, oh, this actor, I don't remember him, but his his presence is so interesting. Every thing he's in. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they were supposed to kiss. My mom really thought like she sold this to me. I looked it up. There's in nowhere on the internet does it say that they originally had planned for Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg to kiss in the movie Ghost. But my mom told me that they had done it, that that was the plan and and that they didn't do it because they were cowards. And like this has colored my view of how the world works ever since. Now, very, very, very close to this going up. She was playing Guinan in a Star Trek The Next Generation episode where she tried to have same-sex kissing in 10 Forward in the episode where Data makes an android daughter and the daughter is, she's not a daughter yet, she's actually like, oh, I don't know what gender I want to be. I don't know what gender expression right, is Right, I remember yet. that one. And Whoopi actually really tried to fight for, like, same-sex couples having interactions. And this was this would have been around the exact same year, I think. So yeah. maybe my mom got them confused because she did have a Guinan well, action figure in her, uh, on her desk. Oh, until wow. Maybe it's incredible. possible 2005. That, like, so, Roger yeah. Ebert basically said that in his review. Yeah. Um, really? He gave it like a middling review and was like, um, he didn't say that they they were going to do this and then they didn't, but he said they should have. He was yes. like, 
that would have been like way more moving and like spiritual and like important and cool. But then they compromised <laughs> and did not do that. Yeah. I still love the shot with the hands. It still gives me the tiniest little thrill. Like, I know it's just a tease and it makes me sad, but it does give me that tiny little bit of like, okay, this is a beautiful moment. Like, this, well, it's is, also this like, is really touching. And then it it cheaps out and that makes me mad. But yeah. I mean, it also would be insane if you think about it to be like, my boyfriend is dead and I'm very sad. And he was murdered by this guy who's his best friend and my best friend who just hit on me. Uh-huh. Here's this woman I don't know who's a criminal uh, who, but is actually trying to help me out and is being like unfairly fucked with by an unjust system. And she's being possessed by my dead boyfriend. And now we're going to kiss. Yeah. That is wild. That would be a fucking wild experience to have. Especially if you're like a very boring pottery girl. <laughs> Who, with great clothes, really a, a, just the cutest haircut great fits, in history. Great fits. Um, fits. Like love her great outfits. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, like not the most interesting person, Molly. No offense, yeah. Molly. Yeah. Like we need to have boring pottery girls in the world. Otherwise, who would make boring pottery for the rest of us? <laughs> like we can't all afford a Seth Rogen original, you know? Somebody has oh. to make the pottery. Like that's, I think that's what you <laughs> There's always a lighthouse. There's always a a piece of pottery. Okay. I know we have to wrap this up really soon. So we should go on to our blurbs section, I think, unless there's anything else y'all want to talk about about the ending. We already talked about the very scary demon ghost. We talked about the cheapness of them not kissing. Um, I think we talked a little bit. We mentioned about uh, Patrick Swayze's character going to heaven. There's a touching moment at the end. We've, We've considered all this. Is there anything else before we go to our blurbs? All right, we have a new section, dear friends. We have blurbs. And these are either back-of-the-box quotes or things from reviews or, you know, potentially like a film festival accolade of some kind. Now, I have one here from one Paul Tamayo from ZachBaggins.net who says, sit down, relax, and let the spirit of this movie possess you because that's definitely a thing that happens in this movie. Thank you, Paul. Uh, That's our producer, Paul, also from uh, (laughs) ZachBaggins.net. Fernanda, would you like to read this quote from KeanuIsKing69.com? Yeah, I think it's like the best quote and clearly just a very intelligent person wrote it. Um, It says, a movie that sounds kind of terrible, but isn't also clay. I don't know who wrote it. We we know it's anonymous (laughs) uh, from (laughs) KeanuIsKing69.com, but I think we can tell by the whole vibe of the quote and the website that this is clearly a genius person. Maybe the next God. Who knows? Oh, truly a genius person. LB, would you like to read this quote? Oh. Uh, this is actually, this is from uh, the New York Times. Uh, Janet Maslin. Hey, who cares what those guys out? think? That's, yeah. That's just <laughs> just some really those guys think. Just some little greasy <laughs> failed virgins. Um, <laughs> but I... It's a really good, like, I would, this is, this is how you do it. Um, which is yuppie couple separated by death. Whoopi's medium is most of the message. Yes. Boom. That's how yes. you do it, folks. Yes. That's why she gets paid the big bucks. Oh. Is Janet God, Maslin still mean, alive? Yeah. I don't know. Sure I hope she so. Is. Yeah. yeah I, hope, I hope so. She's not the uh, New York Times film critic anymore, but. Yeah. That's very fair. On that note. We want to introduce next week's film to you. We are going to watch Dirty Dancing, and we want you, dear listener, to participate in our film festival, you know, if you'd like to do so. What back-of-the-box quote or tiny blurb or fictional film festival award would you give 
to Dirty Dancing. You can go ahead and tell us in the podcast questions channel of our Discord, which of course, uh, fanbite.casa is where you get to our Discord, but it's a podcast questions channel. And make sure to note that this is where you love to see it. Just make sure you put a little Y-L-T-S-I on there or you love to see it. So thank you all so, so, so much uh, for this very special week. I love Ghost. I'm so glad that we all had a good time watching this movie. Uh, We do hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Please do be sure to rate and review our podcast because it helps us so very, very, very much. And we really do appreciate it. If you want to tell a friend, or you can also, of course, listen to all of our good shows on fanbite.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram and TikTok at Fanbyte, and of course, on fanbite.com. You can watch all of our excellent streams, which we're doing more often on twitch.tv slash fanbite. Thank you so much to Paul Tamayo for producing the show and also offering us that incredible blurb. Thank you, Paul. Uh, you can follow Paul at Polymayo on Twitter. And of course, you can go to our Discord at fanbite.casa. All right, friends. LB, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Hunk Tears, uh, trying to find a classic ghostly gray uh, plastic uh, original VHS tape of Ghost. Oh, incredible. You got to love those colored VHS tapes, like the, the good, cool colors. I think there's a Ghostbusters one that's like neon green. It's really, really good shit. Uh, Fernanda, how about you? Where are you online? You can find me on Twitter at Nanda Prates, that's P-R-A-T-E-S underscore, at least until I'm dead. Uh, then I will find you. Oh, shit. Merit, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Merit K. And can we get a clip from the the ghost uh, McDonald's VHS promo up in here? I will look for one, yeah. Now the movie America fell in love with can be yours during McDonald's Holiday Film Festival. Take home the smash romantic hit Ghost for just $5.99 when you buy any large sandwich. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Danielle R.I. And until next week when we watch some dirty dancing, you love to see it. Ooh.